0: Good morning. morning. It's always a pleasure to to come to Gateway uh, because I love this church. I love Pastor Paul, his family, Pastor Joel, all the pastoral team. Uh, And I love the people, the members of this church. So it's it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, And especially so today uh, because um, not only just sharing the gospel, uh, when uh, Pastor Paul came and asked, he really laid a, a burden on my shoulder uh, to, to take care of the flock in his absence. So, I mean, uh, this is a special day, a special month for me. Uh, please do continue to pray for us at the branch, and for me particularly as, we, uh, as I deliver the message over, over the five weeks. And I know the Lord has something in store for us. I really do believe that uh, he wants to not only restore the pastor while he's gone on his sabbatical, but he wants to prepare the church as well as he comes back. There will be uh, a divine connection between the church and the pastor that is coming back. So I, I have that burden. And uh, um, as we continue to, to partake from the word of God, I'm going to challenge you with some of the things that the Lord has laid upon my heart and i think uh you know in um with uh with the leading of the holy spirit we'll get somewhere over the 5 weeks so i'm really excited uh before i start and uh, uh, i think most of you know that i struggle with keeping time cuz i really don't believe that 30 minutes was meant to for the gospel of the lord jesus christ it, it might have been meant for something else but i don't think there was but uh i think uh Don't start the time until I finish the gratitude that I have here. That way it will give me at least five more minutes here. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. I want to uh, um, bring a lot of thanks to Gateway Church uh, for our partnership and the the financial help, the mentorship that I received from Pastor Paul and the the pastoral uh, team here. So we're really grateful at the branch and uh, uh, your continuous support in terms of people coming and uh, you know um, uh, partaking from our ministry in South Minneapolis. And a special thank you again. I believe it was the women's uh, committee here that have done something for the branch, and they sent us some uh, utensils for the kitchen. So officially, I really want to uh, recognize that. In uh, in uh, um, Extend my gratitude. Uh, Would you please uh, give them a a hand for that? Thank you. We really appreciate that. Uh, And uh, lastly, a special thank you for the Wormwoods, uh, Cabot and Sherry. They are uh, uh, the um, soul of our ministry at the branch. And they are the bridge between the the Gateway Church and our, our church in South Minneapolis. So please, whenever you see them. Uh, encourage them, pray for them uh, for the work that they're doing with us. Um, with that, I just want to continue uh, um, with the sermon that I have today. But I just want to lay down the, the, the plan for the next few weeks. My preaching over next uh, five weeks will be based on the story of Samson. The uh, story of Samson is very common. It has been made into children's movies. Um, it, it's a very well-known story when you have been uh, uh, in the Church of Jesus Christ for, for a certain length of time. So I'm just going to uh, concentrate on those for the first four weeks. And then at the end, we're going to be um, entering into more like a, a deliverance a ministry because I'm going to be concentrating on the tradition of the kingdom or the tradition of the king Our King Jesus Christ. But the first few weeks, today I'm going to be uh, speaking on righteousness from the story of uh, Samson. Next week will be faith, prayer, and the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Those will be our first four weeks uh, plan. So the reason why I'm saying this is for you to internalize the plan that we have here. Because this is not my plan. It is the plan of the Holy Spirit. I really prayed over the the message that the Lord has laid up on my heart. So my challenge to you as we begin today is to look around your circle of influence and see who might benefit from these messages right here and start inviting people. One of the things that a church needs to do is we need to have pride in our church. The way that pride in our church uh, uh, displays itself is by inviting people, co-workers and people that you run into in groceries, to say that uh, God is doing an awesome thing in our church. Would you come join us? Can you come partake from the message that the Lord is bringing to our church? So that is why I am telling you about the plan. Please do pray about it and prepare your hearts as you come Uh, uh, every week for the next few weeks. And today it is uh, uh, extremely fitting with the program that is set up here because I will be speaking on the righteousness of Jesus Christ and what that does to us. There is a huge burden on my spirit, and I really want to take a few minutes at the end of the the service here to pray for people. Uh, Excuse me. There is so much brokenness in our world today. And I want to address that brokenness, and if you are one of those people that are broken and uh, continuously think that uh, Christianity is not for me, you may have not uh, overtly opposed the message of Jesus Christ, but sometimes deep down in your heart you say, things are not working out for me, okay? Okay? The change, the change that is promised in the scripture is not coming. I'm not partaking from that change in my life. That's what I want to address tonight, and then we can pray afterwards. Let's say I have just a word of prayer as we invite the Holy Spirit. I know we have prayed, but just a couple minutes. Without him, we're, we're nothing. It's not my preaching. It is not a systematic deliverance of the word of God that is going to help us. It's the presence of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this precious time that you have provided for us. Lord, we invite you. We know you are here, but we want to acknowledge that without you, Lord, we are nothing. We're empty. Lord, we could be in the house of the Lord, in your house, and still return from here. Go home empty. That's why we are inviting you. We just want to let you know that we are dependent upon your Holy Spirit for the ministry today. Lord, help us with this. May your people's ears be opened by your, the presence of your, your Holy Spirit. The anointing, special touch from, from you, Lord. So that however long they have been in, in your house, today will be a different day for them. As they walk out of this building they can testify that they have been with you and they have encountered you in a mighty way. We come against every demonic spirit. Lord, every hindrance to your gospel. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we break every bondage in this place. Lord, everything that opposes your, 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 uh, the, the ministry of your Holy Spirit, we come against those spirits and we break their power through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, deliver the mind of your people. Hallelujah. Deliver the mind of your people so that as we hear the scripture, we clearly know that it is your voice. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I I assume that it is a familiar story, the story of Samson, so I'm not going to take the time to go back and build up the story. I'm just going to give you four points because of our time I'm going to, I'm going to cruise. The first one is I'm, just, I'm, I'm uh, recapping a little background in the story so that we can uh, um, um, have a, a little understanding what to expect as we move forward. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Judges chapter 16, verse 6. I'm going to read two scriptures, uh, actually three different scriptures uh, in that area from Judges chapter 16, chapter 15, back to chapter 16. And then based on that, we'll move forward and build a case of uh, righteousness from that story. Again, Judges chapter 16, verse 6. So Delilah said to Samson, please tell me where your great strength is and how you may be bound to afflict you. This is a very interesting, it's a central theme to the story of Samson. Samson is an anointed man of God, and the enemy is after him, and uh, the Lord is revealing the mystery of, uh, uh, of the the. Uh, Kingdom of darkness, how it operates and how it it wants to entangle mighty men of God and then make them weak. The question presented to to Samson, I mean, whenever I read this portion, it is really crazy to me. I I can't understand it. How could Delilah come to Samson and ask him, how can we bind you? Tell me the secret of your power. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, how, how stupid can... But look, the enemy, God is revealing what the enemy wants to do. I don't think the enemy is is, uh, um, willingly giving up the secret of uh, his kingdom. But the Lord is showing us what is is, uh, um, the power that is uh, working against us from prospering in the spiritual things. This question is always posed to all of us. How can we make you weak? So the question itself assumes that you're not weak to start with. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. So when Delilah is coming to Samson and say, how can we bind you? Tell me the secret. It means that we know that you are more, uh, 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 too strong for us. There is power that is inside you that will overcome us. That's why we want to know the secret of binding you. But let me, let me, let me, let me um, expand a little bit on that one, and then let's go read uh, chapter 15, verse 11. What, what, is, what is Delilah trying to make Samson into? I hope, I, I'm really praying for the Holy Spirit to bring this home. Because this, this is a very fundamental key for our spiritual success. Go with me to chapter 15, verse 11. Then 3,000 men of Judah, underline that, they are God's people. 3,000 men of Judah went down to the cliff of the rock of Etom and said to Samson, Do you not know that the Philistines are rulers over us? I'm just going to stop right there. The people of God have accepted something. They have accepted the lie of the enemy by saying that, okay, the Philistines are more powerful than us. They are ruling over us, so our way of life is going to be adjusted to that. It is not that we are looking to God and start living what God has for us, but our life is subjected to how the Philistines are treating us. So the Lila's A question to Samson is to say that, Samson, how can we make you one of the 3,000? Come on, come on, guys. You got to... So the weakness and the bounding of the, the, the mystery that Delilah is asking Samson is to normalize Samson into a normal Christian, a weak Christian. A weak Christian has a mindset. That mindset is... The world is too difficult for me. I'm just going to adopt to whatever the world is bringing to my way. Instead of exerting my spiritual power to change circumstances, I am going to adopt to the circumstances. That's the kind of Christians Philistines love. So when Samson was outside of that norm, there were just uh, uh, swarming around him To get him to the same level as other Christians. Hallelujah. Come on, church. So that is the secret of Delilah. To normalize our Christians. I'm just going to stop here and ask you a question. What kind of Christian are you? If you haven't struggled, if you haven't uh, wrestled with this spirit of Delilah trying to bring you down, it may be because you are one of the three thousand. That's why we are asking for the Holy Spirit today to make you a super Christian. Hallelujah. Not a normal Christian. We are regaining that power that Delilah has been asking about. That the kingdom of darkness has been What is the power? What lies inside you that you're not fearing us? Um, this story, I, love, I, I, I like it because it, it has a lot of uh, typology in the, in, in the scripture. The, the book of Samson, as we go into it, we, we start seeing a lot of things. One of the types that it makes is, uh, is uh, uh, the reference to, to uh, our life of Christianity. And again, it will come to, to uh, even after anointing, Uh, Because he was highly anointed, he needed the power of God to to keep the anointing, keep the power inside him. That is what I want to explore with you a little farther. Then, let's go to Judges 16, 9 for background, and then I'll wrap with that and jump into my next point. Judges 16, verse 9. Again, I'm going to jump into the verse the Philistines are upon you, Samson. So once she was deceived about how, to, how Samson can be bound, and they, they thought they, they, they got the secret, so they tried that. And uh, Delilah's cry over Samson is this, The Philistines are upon you. Ha <laughs> ha. That is the message that Delilah wants to bring home. The Philistines are upon you. But brothers and sisters, that should be the way that we show the power of the Holy Spirit inside us as when the Philistines are upon us. We're not praying to God to remove the Philistines. Are you here tonight? This morning? I'm used to preaching at the branch in the evening, so. Listen, listen to this. Look at the message. The Philistines are up on you. That means she wanted to test him if he is yet one of the 3,000. To say that if the Philistines are up on me, I will submit. But he didn't, praise God. He relied upon the strength inside him, so as he moves the entire body, hallelujah, everything that bound him came loose. Because he's not normalized Christian, hallelujah. Come on, church. So with that, the Lord is leading us into understanding revelation, deep things of the kingdom of darkness and deep things of the kingdom of God. My second point is revelation revelation. Into the mysteries of the spirit world, okay. Uh, just to, to lay a foundation on that one, because it may it, it, it may be a um, um, a new concept or, or a new phrase to you guys. I'm gonna read quickly read from uh, four scriptural points uh, just to, 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 to make the, the point clear. Mark chapter 4, verse 11, the mystery of the kingdom of God. If you're, if you're writing, taking a note, you can jot down. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4, the mystery of Christ. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 7, the mystery of lawlessness. The Bible talks about these mysteries of the spirit world. Both in the Christian, in the... In, in the uh, um, um, in, the, in the kingdom of light. On the, in the kingdom of darkness. The word of God wants to inform us with those mysteries. As we understand the deep things of the Lord. As we understand mysteries. What the Bible calls mysteries are un, unrevealed concepts of the spirit world. This is what it, uh, the Bible refers to as mysteries. So in this story... The mystery of lawlessness, the mystery of the kingdom of darkness has been revealed to us. The Lord is informing us how we can become overcomers from the story of Samson. So now, okay, let's go deeper into the the story. And I'll tell you, um, as he is going down into uh, encountering the Philistines, uh, how should I do this without really getting into the story? So Samson wanted to marry a Philistine girl, okay, just as a background. So his parents were opposing to that. They're saying, hey, man, you're a man. We are people of God. You need to look for someone of your caliber, someone of your, your type. So stay with the uh, Juden women. The Bible says that they did not know that the Lord was setting The Philistines up so that he can they they will come in in touch or encounter Samson. Through that, God wanted to do something to deliver Israel from the Philistines. So it was a setup. The parents did not know that. So after he refused to listen to his parents, please don't do that, young young people. But I mean, this is this is why I told you that this is this is typology in, in many ways. So when when they were accompanying him down to Philistine territory, something happened. The Bible says out of the blue, a young lion came out of the forest and encountered Samson. And the Bible tells us that Samson started wrestling with this lion and and tore it apart as if it was just a little toy because the power of God was on his life. My question to you, or I want us to really focus on this portion right here for the rest of our time together. If Samson is mightily anointed to go encounter the, the Philistines and win, and God knows that. And Samson knows that. Because Samson is a superhero right now. He's not doubting about the power that is inside him. But again, remember, God is given as a mystery behind the kingdom of darkness. So God wanted Samson to encounter the spirit that is working in the Philistines prior to him encountering the Philistines themselves. Does that make sense? Let me, let me try that because that is a very important concept to understand. Samson could have just gone into the Philistines and win without understanding the spirit that is working behind the people of the Philistines. So, okay, let me stop here and then give you a little little, uh, example with this. You remember in Matthew chapter 12, um, when Jesus was casting demons out, uh, the Pharisees came and they said, uh, he's doing this by the prince of Satan, Beelzebub. And Jesus Christ, based on that, started a discourse towards uh, the the, the, uh, Pharisees. And he said... Okay, if Satan's divided and he is driving out other Satans, his kingdom is divided so he can't stand. But if I'm doing this by, through the power of G, uh, the, the Lord, your God, then that means that the kingdom of God is upon you. And he goes on to say that when a person wants to exploit somebody's possession... They don't just go there and start fighting to take the possession away from the people. What they do is they bind the owners, the owner first. Then after binding the owner, it is so easy for them to exploit. That's a deep spiritual principle Jesus is giving. So what he's saying is that when I am driving demons out, I have already conquered Satan. Come on, church. So he's giving us a, a deeper principle. So he's doing the same thing for us. Look at precious people of God. This is what happens to us. When we are faced with difficulties, the tendency is to co- concentrate on the difficulty, not understand the spirit behind the difficulty. So we are always facing this, and we are always confused about why Mountains are not moving. Why valleys are not filled by commanding them by the power of, this, of God that is inside us because that's what the Bible promises. But what, what this story tells us is that Samson, before you go down and conquer the Philistines themselves, you need to conquer the spirit that runs the Philistines. Does anybody understand? Give me a wave if you understand, please. So what does that have to do with the lion? Remember in uh, in the book of Peter, your enemy is roaring about like, come on, talk to me. So God is saying that when you are tearing the the young lion apart, That is your indication that you have overcome the spirit that is operating in the Philistines before you go down to conquer them. Hallelujah. See, this is the mystery that we need to understand. The reason why church people are weak in prayer is because we don't understand this. What prayer does is that prayer takes you to a higher altitude of fighting the spirit behind your issues. In prayer, we're not engaging the issue itself. Like we just did as we started our service, we bound demonic spirits that are operating, that are sent, that were assigned to this meeting here. By doing that, we're setting people free. Because we are encountering the enemy at a higher level. So, when, in, in the story, I don't know if you have ever wondered, why would that story be interjected into the story of Samson? I mean, they were just going down to get married in Philistine. All of a sudden, a lion comes. He continues on his way. Why? Why? So I'm going to transition to my fourth point. My fourth point is, how do you conquer the lion? Have you? Do you have that experience? How do you feel about overcoming Satan, overcoming the enemy? Not issues. I'm not talking about those We are in the fallen world, so we will have issues. Jesus said that. I'm not preaching against that. I'm saying standing up with your head up in the middle of chaos and say through Jesus Christ, I have overcome every demonic spirit, every spirit that can resist me and hold me outside of the will of God. We have already overcome the lion. That is the kind of righteousness we are partaking from. The blood of Jesus we've been singing about. What did that do for us? What is our righteousness? Is it just when we die we go to heaven? Is Is that the righteousness of the Bible? What really happened when we come to embrace The work, the righteous work Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And it becomes part of us. See, this is is what the book of Samson teaches us. And my my heart really is broken in the the life of the church in our generation. We're more concerned about people coming in the church and sitting on the pew than Making sure the beginning point of the journey has been understood to overcome the enemy. We don't take time in, in, in making people understand. Look, the blood of Jesus Christ has done something uh, magical. That's not a good word, but I can't find a better word. No. It has done something magnificent in your own being. That now you can conquer the enemy on your way down of conquering your issue. That was a great point to say amen. It's a good thing to learn. So guys, that, that's, that's the main point that I'm bringing to you tonight. And this righteousness has been indicated in the scriptures with white clothes. Those who are saved have been given white robes, completely covering your being. And you are dressed in that white robe as you're going about in your life, facing your issues. And the lion jumps in your path. And all he sees is a perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's why in the story it says that there was nothing in the hand of Samson when he tore the, uh, the, the lion apart. That means there was nothing added to the strength of tearing the lion apart from Samson. Hallelujah. It's none of his righteousness. It was a righteousness imparted, imputed in him from, from the Lord Jesus Christ that... He didn't care about how big and how strong the lion was. Oh, church. We're taking off with this one. I'm telling you. I'm really telling you because as we are teaching our people to wear, to be dressed in that white linen. To be conscious of the righteousness of Jesus Christ on daily, hourly, minute, second basis then the enemy does not have any reason to bother us. Our minds are covered by that righteousness. If you have your Bibles, one last reading. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1, and then we'll jump down to verse 3. Overcoming the lion, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe that you have overcome the lion? Come on, show me your hand. Hallelujah. God is doing something even today as we are meeting together here. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord and standing at his right hand to accuse him. uh, And Satan standing on his right hand to accuse him. Remember, it is Joshua the high priest who is standing before the angel of the Lord. The high priest. And Satan was there to accuse him. Jump down to the uh, verse 3. And the reason for the accusation is this. And now Joshua was clothed in filthy garment and standing before the angel of the Lord. Hallelujah. Look what Satan's doing. As soon as he finds a filthy clothes. It doesn't matter where you're standing. He's not afraid of you coming to church. Okay? Joshua, the high priest, was standing in the presence of the Lord. But Satan was there to accuse him. Why? Because he was not completely dressed in the righteousness. So if you continue to read the story, what Jesus said is that, you know, he asked Satan, Okay, now, freeze. You're not going anywhere. I heard your accusation, but freeze. And then he says to, turns over to the angel and says, change his garment, please. So the angels took time and changed the garment into white garment for Joshua. And God turns to Satan and asks him, now what reason do you have against the high priest Joshua? Hallelujah. Come on, church. There is no reason to accuse Joshua anymore because now he is robed in the white robe. The righteousness of God. Church of Jesus, this is it. This is it. It's not the eloquent preaching. It is not a systematic theology that is going to elevate us higher than the work of Satan. We have to understand the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That's, that was why Paul was persecuted. Every church he went to, he said, not my righteousness. If you want to know my background, I was impeccable in many ways. I could have counted my own righteousness, but that is good for nothing. I could not stand against the accusation of the enemy when I was doing it on my own. But when I was clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, Hallelujah. This morning, I really want to extend an invitation. As I was preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit whispered to my ears and said, there are so many people of, my, uh, of this church that have been hurt as, as uh, uh, children. They haven't put away those hurts. They've not been Completely healed by the robe, the righteousness of Jesus Christ, that accusation, that, that enemy picking on their minds and say, and forgiveness from many, many years. And I'm, I'm just presenting it to you as I heard it from the Lord. Okay, today, this, this morning, He wants to heal you from that. He wants to give you this righteousness where you can trust and say, it's not, it's, it's, it's not me. This is the new nature that I'm receiving from the Lord Jesus Christ. So for the rest of my life, as I encounter the Philistines on a daily basis, I know I have already conquered the spirit that is behind the issue that is bothering me. Hallelujah. So we're declaring freedom in, the Lord, in, in, in this house today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I know there is freedom. I know through the blood of Jesus. I'm I'm really glad that this lined up. I did not know that it was going to be a holy communion today. But for the sealing of your faith, you can come and partake from the communion. Saying, through the blood of Jesus Christ. I have no righteousness in me. I'm just going to let it go. Lord, you are my defender. You vindicate me. I don't need to hold on to my past. Come on, for some of you, this, this is, this is the, the message you needed to hear. So as we are entering into our prayer time here, I want every eyes to be closed. I'm just going to give you a couple minutes to meditate on this and say, Lord, where am I with this? Hallelujah. There may be some of you who have not made the the jump, the transfer from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You may have just come because of invitation, or you may have just come because you grew up in a Christian home. If you're here today... You really need to make that uh, conscious decision of uh, coming under the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you, if, the, if, if there's anyone here who has not made the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus Christ his defense. If you would show me your hand. Okay, we're all Christians. And now I'm going to take it a a, a step higher. You may have been living in the the church. But I'm just going to ask you, if you have not been walking in this victory of life, and you want to rededicate your life by coming under the blood of Jesus Christ one more time, that the enemy has been accusing you, About your past, about your life, even about the present things. And you're saying today, after hearing this message, I want to rededicate my life. Could you show me your hands, please? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. This is your word. It's a living word. It has power as it goes into our spirit and encounters our weak soul. Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, the power of the blood of Jesus Christ will do some miracle in the lives of people that have raised their hands. Lord, I ask they are rededicating their life to you. That life will be different for them moving forward. There will be victory experienced, and the lion defeated, and consequently the Philistines. Thank you for all the work that you have done in this place. And one more prayer as a congregation, if we want to enter into this victorious life, this is your choice. As a conduit of the gospel, I brought the message to you. This is your choice. If you want to enter into this as a sign of your faith, if you want to raise your right hand and say, uh, pray this with me, if if you want to enter into this victorious life moving forward, Lord, I want to be shielded by the blood of Jesus Christ. The mighty name of Jesus. The same God... The God of Samson is our God today. Lord, your people are struggling with a lot of things in life. Lord, we want to experience that victory. The victory that comes through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The victory that will take us above the realms of the darkness. The accusation of Satan. I speak this freedom over the church. Through the power of the gospel, the anointing that you placed upon my heart, my life. I speak freedom over the congregation. Even this coming week, will they, they start walking in this victory, Lord. Coming to to worship you, gathering together will take a different dimension. Because the enemy is visually defeated. We love you, Lord. As we are coming into partaking from your blood and your flesh. May we be fully persuaded that our righteousness has come from the blood. Thank you again for the opportunity of preaching your gospel.